Welcome, everyone, to Watch Challenge. On each episode, we challenge ourselves to find and watch a film of a particular type and then report back the results to each other and you fine listeners. My name is Aaron Spears. And I'm Mike Went. This episode's challenge is summer blockbusters, whether they be intended to be that way or actual. We, first of all, could not have picked a better day to record in a glorious, uh, sunny old Cleveland here. The heat index, I think, peaked at like 106 or 105. Oh, yeah. oh man, is it summer? <laughs> it is a scorcher. And if I wasn't uh, inside at work all day, I definitely would have been heading to the theater to uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen the new Jurassic World yet, but I probably I would have I would have done like a back to back rewatch of that one, I think. <laughs> yeah, I I actually just uh, I just watched that last night. Uh, my my wife you know, really wanted to, to go and, you know, the discount day doesn't hurt, I guess. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So intended or actual, we mean, you know, it was intended to be a blockbuster, but then, you know, shit the bed, didn't really work out for it financially. It doesn't mean the quality of the film is necessarily affected um, or, you know, actual legit blockbuster. Um, I don't know. My go-to blockbuster, Mike, when I'm thinking like this topic, I think it's probably the age I am, but like it's Jurassic Park for me. Oh, yeah. No, I I mean, I, I, that, I was going to say the same thing. Like I just, uh, I don't know. I, I know you're a few years older than me, but I was I was 10 years old when that came out. I remember going opening day. Yep. It was the last day of third grade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, you know, my uh, my friend's mom picked us up and took us right to right to the theater. And we we even had uh, McDonald's afterwards, which I believe you could have got the, the collector's cups uh, that they that they had. Oh, which. That that's something I miss. From I forgot Rock- about those. Yeah, yeah the last I, ones. Uh, I, yeah. Was it? I, or this one? It, it might have been. So, like the first one had like these animated like cups, and then the second one I think Burger King did, and they did they went. Glass, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is, I, it's very oddly weird. That no, I no, but that. yeah, I remember like being excited for, it wasn't Jurassic Park, but it was like a collector's cup of like something. I, I will just say Batman or who knows what. And like we went to the wrong shitty fast food place. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, damn it, it's at the other one. Man, yeah. Yeah, the tie-ins were, um, you know, gaudy uh, at certain points. But like, yeah, yeah I, like I don't, yeah, I, I, I am a little nostalgic for that. You're right. I'm a grown up. I could use a new pint glass with a dinosaur on it. <laughs> I'm sure if I went to my dad's house, I could find this Jurassic Jurassic Park one. I, yeah. I don't. I don't remember exactly what was on it, but <laughs> I just remember like you know asking to go back so we can get the other ones because there was probably they usually made like four or something. Yeah, like yeah. That. I mean, you yeah. gotta collect them all. Otherwise, you get, yeah. you're not gonna have a dining set if you don't have all. <laughs> <of them either. laughs> um, the other one I remember, like Jurassic Park, was like this this huge one for me because I could. I mean, we were the perfect age and i don't know a little probably gender lines there too like we were the dinosaurs and you're a little boy growing yes. up I mean, girls can be too but like in my household my sister never gave a shit about the dinosaur like <laughs> i was the dinosaur guy so like that couldn't have been like more suited for me like i even like got the book uh you know the michael Crichton book yeah uh, i was reading that there's another one though that came out a couple years later i want to say it was more like 94 95 jurassic park was 93 uh when the fugitive came out Oh, yes. I wasn't terribly interested in it. Um, obviously, I love Indiana Jones. So I was like, you know, Harrison Ford, I'm game. But my dad was really looking forward to it because he remember the TV show, I think, maybe. Yeah. Or Anyway, he was looking forward to it. And he was like, hey, after soccer practice, we're going to see the future. I was like, all right, fine. And it was just one of those like it is like a like diehard level, just like it's a template. Oh, action yeah. Film. 
Like there's no no fat on that script at all. It's like beat for beat. You're like, this is how you do this movie. Yes. This genre. I you know, and I think uh I look back like the summer of ninety six where you had we had Twister, Independence Day, Mission Impossible. I, I mean to me that that was like yeah. I think I would well, yeah, I would have been thirteen. That was like the ripe age for Oh perfect, for yeah. All of those. Yeah. And uh, you know, gobbled all of <laughs> <laughs> gobbled all of those up and we also had the free time uh so probably more than once once in the theater as well oh absolutely yeah. yeah so then going back you know the blockbuster the summer blockbuster I should say the blockbuster has been around since uh you know i don't know go back to birth of a nation or gone to the wind <laughs> sure but like the summer blockbuster is kind of a very specific thing and so in my head like i went back to look at um you know box office mojo or you know wikipedia just the list of like you know what came out each week or you know, week to week, what was number one through the summers. And I was like, well, you know, it's Jaws, you know, 75. That's yes. that's the summer blockbuster. I wrote it down here. It was June 25th to September 24th or 9th. I can't read my handwriting. 14 weeks. It was 14 weeks the entire summer, June to September. Jaws is number one at the box office. That's the wow. summer blockbuster, right? Then I was I went back just like, I'm like, let me go back a couple summers, see if anything else has popped up. And I don't know if we want to count this or not. I kind of feel like we have to. The Godfather. Yes. 1972. Oh, yeah. It was number one from March until the end of August. So 23 weeks at number one. And it covered the summer. Yeah. So I don't know. That's crazy. I mean, especially considering the length of The Godfather. Oh, yeah. You would think people wouldn't keep going, but... I mean, it's so good. It's like, what, yeah. you know, what, what, <laughs> well, I too, mean, like the, sure. the release schedules in, in 72, though, for Godfather weren't like, bam, it's in like 1400 theaters like Jaws. And I think a couple of James Bond movies kind of pioneered that saturation, like all the all the cities are getting this at one time. So like Godfather was a little bit more of a platform release, but still that's huge. Also, I mean, it's a legit blockbuster movie, but I didn't realize it was also a summer one. Yeah, um, as well. I, I just always assumed that would be like uh, come out like around. Christmas time or something. 100%. Like yeah, that. it was award yeah. season. I thought it was like awards bait kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that got me thinking. I was like, well, what are the qualities I need in a summer blockbuster? I think Jaws gets the credit because like it's also set during summer. It's set while people are vacationing yes. and dying, but like vacationing, <laughs> <laughs> keeping the beaches open and everything. So I think that has more of the summer flavor, obviously, than like Godfather does. So are there certain criteria are there certain elements you need for you to qualify as a summer blockbuster other than just like coming out in the summertime no i mean i i think uh i mean i think usually studios or filmmakers are are pretty conscious when they, when they know something's coming out in the summer you know yeah. they, they do tend to set it in a certain time period like you know very rarely will, will we ever see like a christmas you know a, a christmas set movie in the summer except i think uh the one year I, I want to say Harold and Kumar three 3D was like a Christmas movie, but it came out in summer. I I, I could be wrong on that, uh, or maybe I'm blending all of those the Harold and Kumar movies uh, all together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean I, I don't know that there, there tends to be the spectacle. The yeah, I mean nowadays of course now nowadays of course the you know special effects seem to like dominate or you know loud sound and, and yeah yeah so, well spectacle like you said. Yeah. And, um, oh, wait, wait. Um, I did look this up because I didn't pick it for one of mine. Um, oh, shit. The Joe Dante one. Gremlins. Yes. Was a summer movie. 
Ah, okay. And that's all. That is, that's all Christmas, right? I haven't seen that in a little bit. But yeah, that is yeah. A, that is definitely a Christmas. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, yeah. And Die Hard probably came out in the summer. I think you're I right. Want to say yeah, and even though that's yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. much Christmas set. You know, up for debate for with some people and with. Uh, I don't think it's up for debate on this show, yeah. but. <laughs> I never really worried about when. Um, yeah, it says July fifteenth, nineteen eighty-eight. Die Hard was okay. released. Dang! So obviously that was not one of my picks there, but uh, yeah, I had um kind of the similar thing. So I was like, yeah, I want spectacle. I don't need it to be set during the summer, yeah. but you know, it doesn't hurt um, if it is. I also kind of, for some reason, I think more recently in my head, have looked at um some like kind of like given like a hangout vibe. Yes. To the to the movie, even if it doesn't have to have a huge plot or something, just like I like hanging out with the characters or, you know, I don't really associate, I guess not necessarily too much with like genre films outside of, like you said, like maybe a, a big science fiction, thank you, Star Wars kind of style or a special effects, thank you, Avengers, Marvel kind of movie. I guess the Fast franchise, that kind of thing, like big, usually PG-13 spectacle, the whole family, multiple generations can go. It's going to hit all the main, you know, quadrants, you know, the... Spielberg specialty, basically. <laughs> like, yes. The yeah. guy, I mean, invented the genre, so credit where credit's due. All hail the Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want to do um, some honorable mentions, Mike? Uh, anything on your list? Yeah. So I, uh, you know, like I said, a lot of times when when we approach these episodes, I'm always looking for things that I've, you know, that I've never seen before. And I highly, or I highly debated with my with myself of like, as to, to watch these or not. And, uh, and I definitely went the route of, of the movies that tended to not uh, to underperform. Okay. I, I would say in the summer, <laughs> even though they were positioned as this big, you know, blockbuster. Yeah. Now. Uh, so one of the ones that I, I remember the ads coming out a lot during the time of the summer that it was coming out. And I still have not, have yet to watch it. I I will maybe watch it someday, but I, I was going to say Wild Wild West, uh, Barry Sonnenfeld's movie with Will Smith and uh, Kevin Klein. I just for I don't know. There's like I respect the Western genre, and when it's done well, I I will I'll be all about it. But there's something about that movie, you know, leading up to it. I think even like my dad and. You know, some of my friends at the time was like, you know, it's the new Will Smith movie. We got to see it. You know, I was just like, I am not interested. <laughs> like, totally not inter- for for whatever reason. It, you know, even like the song, like they had. Oh my god, you're right. Yeah, he had a song uh, that was pretty popular on the radio at yeah. the time. Yeah, I just you know you couldn't convince me to see it, but I, I think I will eventually. But I, I almost watched it for the sake of this episode. The other one is is more of it's well, I, I say recent, but it's probably now fifteen years old. Uh, but was the uh, Will Ferrell Land of the Lost was, was oh, I one forgot that I, about that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's another one where I think I was you know uh, heavy. I, I've always been kind of a big Rotten Tomatoes reader, but you know I was an early reader of that site, and and I think seeing the uh the big green uh you know <laughs> flat <laughs> rotten uh and it was like very low that i remember yeah uh i think that it scared me at the time and <laughs> it's it is stuck etched in my brain so you know like i said it, it i almost hit play 
uh, for this one, but uh, I, I, I didn't. <laughs> both, of those, both of those two are examples of like stars, like established, like this person, you know, Will Smith, Will Smith was Mr. Fourth of July weekend for like yes. years yes. there. Yes. And Will Ferrell, that wasn't like his first movie after Saturday Night Live. No, no. So like he was established, like Will Ferrell will open your movie. I don't yeah. know why they thought it would be like a TV remake. Yeah. Oh, and I like all the actors involved. Uh, don't get me wrong. Like Danny McBride, I think is, is brilliant. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 But, but yeah, it just, I don't know. I, I, you couldn't like pay me to <laughs> see it. And- well, sometimes there's a, a sting that you're worried about. Cause I feel that too, where there's like, Ooh, it's like, you know, 10, 15% on Rotten Tomatoes. I do like these. I don't want to not like these stars. Uh, you know these actors yeah. that, I, that I do enjoy. We're like, I don't want to have a bad taste in my mouth, so maybe I won't. And yeah, yeah. I, uh, the last one, I'll, uh, quick one, I'll, I'll mention. And this one I actually have seen, but I just remember it being kind of like a notorious. You know, it it, it was critically uh, bludgeoned and it did terribly. It was uh, Mike Myers, the Love Guru. Oh my God, that was a summer one. It was. Oof. It was. It was like. It, I think it came out like in a, a June or July. It was like positioned to do like at the time I was working at a movie theater mm-hmm. and like, you know, we got like, like five or six prints of it or something, you know, and it was like, <laughs> you know, tumbleweeds in the, yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. the theater. Now I do remember seeing it like it wasn't, I don't think it was as bad as, as it was positioned, but yeah. it, it was just, I was gobsmacked about like how very few people yeah to see that that now that was i I don't remember the timeline for mike myers but that was after he's done at least an austin powers if not two yeah i want to say it was like 2012 i I believe so and it it had like justin timberlake you know kind of yeah but uh, i can't remember who the love interest was like the female love interest was all the picture is heather graham now and that's not right that's the wrong movie yeah <laughs> but yeah it was like several years after the last austin powers so okay yeah oh jessica alba oh okay yes yeah. yes 2000 yeah 2008 oof 2008 okay i, I for some reason i thought it was 12 <laughs> oh, that's but, right. but yeah wow that's uh but yeah that was uh that was definitely one that uh underperformed i will say <laughs> yeah that's um yeah just looking up mike myers real quick because that's also after all of his uh shrek money was coming in too oh yes yes and yeah. again it's kind of that thing where like you're you know about as top of your game as you're going to get in hollywood can you stay there or not or do you cash in all those chips and make the love guru <laughs> <laughs> and that's weird too because we're also both uh fans of like good bad movies Yes. So like, yes. it seems like one, we would have hit play on a few of these by now without. Yeah. <laughs> how, how about you? Um, so I actually um, did a couple of intended blockbusters as well. And then as I was looking up um, a little bit more about them, I was like, oh, I think I maybe I see why they didn't actually connect. So <laughs> I'll, I'll go with the earlier, uh, earlier of the two um, first. And uh, the first one is John Carpenter's The Thing Ah. Uh, from eight, ooh, eight. 82? No. 80, yeah. Some, right. okay, yeah. 82. Uh, yeah. The thing. So you got Carpenter and Russell back together after Escape from New York, which was a hit. Yes. And this is also John Carpenter is not like getting Spielberg money to make his movies. Right. <laughs> um, so, you know, Escape from New York is, you know, more like six, eight million bucks, I think. And then, you know, has a huge return on investment. It's John Carpenter's thing at that point in his career was like, I can keep the budget low and we'll make the profits high and we'll all walk away with some money. This will be great. 
so the thing isn't even hugely budgeted. I think it was like 15 million or so when I was looking it up. Gross is 19, which isn't a huge like failure. Um, I feel like that 15 million is probably like doesn't necessarily include, you know, the promotion or, you know, whatever sure, to it. Sure, all that. Sure. But 19 million was not what they were expecting. I don't think from this movie at all. <laughs> so I uh, looked it up. I was, so I was looking at week by week what was coming out that summer. It came out the fucking second week that E.T. was out. Oh. So like kiss of death right there. And it's rated R. Yeah. And so you've got like. Uh, sorry, spoilers. We haven't watched the thing yet, but you have two different alien movies now. <laughs> you've got ET and you've got the thing. And like one is like feel good family, like phenomenon, you know, level box office thing. And then you've got the thing. And then, so when I was looking at like when it came out, I was like, I want to see uh, uh, what the critics were saying. And I got this quote from Vincent Canby of the New York times about the thing saying that it was a quintessential moron movie. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's just like vitriol. <laughs> aimed at John Carpenter. And of course, obviously it's been reassessed over the years and is considered, you know, a cult classic, if not one of John Carpenter's best uh, by oh, some yeah. people at this point. So that was intended blockbuster. Didn't work out. The other intended one hit me huge. Uh, same year as Jurassic Park, actually. Um, Last Action Hero. Ah, yes. And so that's 93. But that's got Arnold. It's got Shane Black. It's got John McTiernan back directing it. It's got the Predator team back together. Yes, yes. And it's all meta. You know, he comes out of the screen, the boy, you know, the, the main uh, boy character who was, I want to say, like, maybe my age or I, I felt you know, kinship, you know, the way you we probably felt a kinship with um, Edward Furlong in uh, Terminator 2. Yes. You know, watching yes, that one. Yes. Um, so we're like, I was like, oh, I was so hyped. I couldn't wait. I remember even going to a uh, local... Um, Parmesan Mall here to see it, to get dropped off to see it when it came out. And it was like me and like two people. Like it was <laughs> it was rough. So the Predator crew getting back together again did not work out. But that movie came out the second weekend of Jurassic Park being released. Oh. So Spielberg, you know, inadvertently kills the thing, kills the last action hero. <laughs> Oof. Rough, rough goings uh, there. And then uh, I did want to throw out a, a third one real quick, because this one, when I looked it up, blew my mind. I was like that it was a summer blockbuster, and then it was the blockbuster level that it was. Yeah. Patrick Swayze, Demi Moore, and Whoopi Goldberg in Ghost. Oh, yes. Yes. Came out in the summer, made for, what did I look it up? $22 million. Huge hit. Huge, huge hit. The soundtrack, the movie itself, and it doesn't have any of the stuff we talked about. It's no like there's no real spectacle. I guess there's like a science fiction element because he's a fucking ghost, but like it's none of the characteristics of a summer blockbuster. If you translate the worldwide box office for Ghost to today's money, it's one point one billion dollars. Like that's Avengers. Like that beats the first Iron Man. I think. Like that's yeah. crazy huge. You know, I uh, recently I when I was at like. Uh... We were at, at a hotel and mm-hmm. it was raining like a bunch. So like there was not much to do. And yeah. Ghost was on TV. And uh, I just uh, – it, it blew my mind because I it made me remember that the director behind Ghost was one of the directors of Airplane. Airplane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this like <laughs> just kind of blows yeah. my mind a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry – Jeffrey? Jer- Jerry. Jerry Zucker. Part of that. Yeah. Zucker, Abraham Zucker uh, uh, crew there. Yeah, no, that's 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 wild. It was also kind of in tandem with the movies you were talking about. Because, like, well, no, in a successful way, though, because this is Swayze coming off of um, Dirty Dancing, another huge yeah, hit. I don't know if that was yeah. summer or not, but then Roadhouse. And then the year after Ghost, he does Point Break. What a run. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, so, Mike, what, what what's your actual pick for this watch challenge of summer blockbusters? Sure. Uh, I guess going with the theme of being in a hotel room. Uh <laughs> I, uh, you know, in it, uh, in preparation for this episode, uh, you know, the one night we had to, 
I went on a fishing trip recently and we had to be up very early. So, um, decided to just, instead of going into town or doing anything fun, we just kind of stayed in and like, uh, the hotel had HBO and, uh, I, I got, finally got to watch a, a, a intended summer blockbuster that, that was <laughs> certainly not that in speed two cruise control. Since we last saw Annie, some things have changed. This almost seems too perfect, doesn't it? Some things. Want me to step on your feet? Haven't. Where I am never leaving the house again. Now they can't change course. Seems odd. Yes, it is odd. They're abandoning ship in the middle of the night. They can't stop. Melly PD. You what? Somebody find the captain. And they can't. The captain is dead. Get off. Who is running the ship? Oh, yeah. I am. A position charges throughout the ship. Where is he? It's everywhere. <laughs> situations in this and panicking does not help trust me i know who you are i know you too are you gonna stop me now my friend <laughs> that was odd what kind of cop are you you're gonna get us all killed this summer he's taking us right into an oil tanker Man. if you didn't catch the bus Bust the transmission like a car because I, I, I've, I've done that. You won't want to miss. Annie! The boat. We're gonna crash! We gotta stop the ship! Slow it down. But you're not gonna stop her. Speed 2 Cruise Control. Ooh, good pick. So, you know, for those who have never heard or seen of it, you know, it is the sequel to the, the original, which was a huge hit. Yeah. And uh, made stars of Keanu Reeves and uh, Sandra Bullock. Uh, the sequel was was made a couple years later, and uh, uh, I did you know looking up some of the the Wikipedia notes was that uh, Keanu Reeves was offered a large sum of money to come back, uh, but uh, turned it down because he didn't like the script. Um, so uh, they they eventually brought in Jason Patrick to to essentially take over his role. But, uh, you know, he is a, an, you know, and basically in the movie, we are reintroduced to Sandra Bullock's character who is, you know, adorable as, uh, as yeah. she was in the first one. And, and she's still, she's still very likable in this one, but, uh, you know, she's, uh, she's dating a new guy. It's basically thought to her that he is, you know, he's very different from, uh keanu reeves character but you know it turns out that he's actually he is a cop uh as well <laughs> and um you know he's actually pretty much a bomb expert um so okay. that the movie starts off like like that where like their their whole relationship has been a lie so uh he, <laughs> oh he he's been keeping all that information from her yes yes oh, so like okay so she she thinks he does something else gotcha but he is like definitely a cop uh <laughs> so he uh he does have this plan though to uh propose to her so uh you know takes her on this cruise where uh we meet our villain of the story which is played by willem dafoe and willem dafoe is a uh a computer uh he's a computer expert who has uh basically designed all the security systems for the for the ships 
and essentially blames computers for uh, causing this uh, illness with inside of him. Oh. Uh, he, he, you know, he believes there's copper in his blood or uh, there is copper in his blood. So he keeps <laughs> he keeps a bathtub full of leeches that he puts on his body so they suck out the, the <laughs> copper. So I don't remember uh, any of this part. That's yeah. Cool. Wild. Um, so <laughs> he uh, he basically take he commandeers the ship and uh, changes the course of the of the uh, ship in order to uh, run into this this oil oil ship. Um, so basically, our the good guys have to <laughs> have to help uh, take over and and steer the, the the boat on on a different course. Uh, so wait, so I, what's 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 hitting the the oil ship tanker? What is that supposed to do? Just it's going to kill everybody? It, essentially, essentially, it, like suicide it, mission. Like okay, for me, part part of me, it like doesn't really like. Uh, my wife and I were talking about. It's like why? Okay, he's mad at these people, but why does he want to just? Why does he want to kill himself while this yeah. thing like is going forward? I thought maybe like um, that was going to be the cure. Was like he had to get to the oil to, I, I don't know. I, yeah, I, no, I he's just, he's just fed up. He's like, okay, he's like, okay. I'm done. I'm done with you people. <laughs> um, but, uh, so I, you know, going into this, I had, I had heard like, I mean, it's one of those ones that was notorious for not being a, you know, not being as good as the original. Yeah. But, um, also in, in preparation for this, I did watch one of the only, on YouTube, uh, I watched the only like positive reviews for this movie came <laughs> came from came from Siskel and Ebert. Actually, they, oh, they wow. gave it they gave it two thumbs up. Uh, actually, I think uh, Ebert is even quoted saying it is a uh, you know a rip roaring <laughs> good time, something like that. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I will say, you know, clearly they were trying to recapture the magic uh, or, you know, that, that lightning in a bottle again Oh yeah, for, for the, for the sequel. And, you know, I, I will say um, some of it was entertaining because you know, you have, I mean, Defoe is really, really hams it up in this. And I think uh, several of the Defoe memes out there are, are based <laughs> from, from this movie, yeah. you know, from, and, and Sandra Bullock, once again, I mean, it's really hard to not, like Sandra Bullock and you know even Jason Patrick isn't you know I mean I think his career really took a a hit after this because Mm -hmm. there was a lot of pressure on him but I don't think he's that bad but but I I can definitely see why it was not as well received as the original and why ultimately it did not do so well because they're probably expecting to see Keanu Reeves. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And you're trying to step into a shoehorned, pretty dumb, like action plot <laughs> yeah. gimmick to do yeah. it for the second time. Like I still baffled that Die Hard had pulled it off for, I think three quality movies in that franchise, but it's like the same shtick. Right. Uh, but you have the same guy sticking around. But I, I saw it way back when it first came out in VHS, but I, I don't remember any of that plot. And I got to say, I, I think I'm on Keanu Reeves' side here. Like that's yeah. that's not a script. I think. Yeah. But I, I I'm I'm up for rewatching a bad movie I don't remember and a William Defoe villain chewing some scenery. I'm a happy oh, guy. Yeah. 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 Well, it, I mean, it, the the last thing I, I'll just say is like you know maybe 
it, it, it's kind of a curious uh, curiosity as to why it maybe it didn't work. But you know, you had the same director, Jan de Bont, yeah, who, who did the original Speed, and then he had just come up came off Twister. Um, oh, right, and but, filmed the uh, was the cinematographer on Die Hard. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> but the one thing I did notice uh, in the in the opening credits was that he got either a story by or screenplay credit. Ooh. And I'm just, I mean, Jan de Bont's known for, I mean, he was, you know, cinematographer, yep. director of action movies. I don't know if he's necessarily <laughs> uh, a, Maybe a lot of his comfort zone in the writing department there. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. But, but Hey, I, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad that I finally checked this off, off my, my list. Um, oh, so that was first time viewing too for you, right? You said, yes. Okay. First time yeah. Viewing. yeah. I mean, at this point it'd be like watching it, as a new movie to me, because it's what year was that one? That uh, ninety seven. Yeah, so I was probably watching it in ninety eight on VHS. So. Sure. Oof. <laughs> and it's summer, and I was like, yeah, I, you know, you get home, you know, late at night, ten o'clock. You're like, I don't want to. I'm not going to the Criterion Channel right now. I'm going to go to something <laughs> like Speed Two and some some comfort trash. <laughs> oh, so, what funny. did you end up picking? So I went, um, I kind of got stuck when I was looking into like the Jaws and the Godfather that I mentioned, not stuck, pleasantly stuck, I should say. And I was like, we have Jaws was 75. What are some of those early, like, Hey, the summer blockbusters, a thing. Yeah. What are some of these early examples? And honestly, as, uh, you point out up top, I think we've seen a lot of these, like the big known ones at least. So I was like, I kind of let the ship sail of like, I don't think I'm going to find something new, uh, necessarily that I haven't seen before here. So I went with when I stumbled across this, I was like, oh, oh, yeah, this is my pick. Um, it hit me just the right mood. It's one of my uh, all time favorite American musicals as well. It's uh, Grease from 1978. Oh, yes. Yes. John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, Grease, the Broadway smash that made theatrical history by becoming one of the longest running musical comedies of all time, breaks loose on the motion picture screen. John Travolta, the sensational star of Saturday Night Fever, ignites the screen in Greece, and he does it all with Olivia Newton-John in her motion picture debut. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John explode across the motion picture screen in Greece. A movie filled with more song, more dance, more of everything that makes a great musical unforgettable. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John together for the first time in Greece. I, I mean, I knew it was a hit, but like it was kind of like Ghost, although not the level of Ghost. But like, I really didn't realize what a hit Greece was when it came out. Uh, but again, kind of John Carpenter level, a uh, budget of $6 million would go on to gross 132 million domestically at the time. I didn't, I didn't, uh, inflation calculator that one yeah. at all, but it was number one at the cinemas for 1978, which is actually kind of tricky. Cause if you look it up on box office mojo or Wikipedia, it'll list, um, Superman. Oh, okay. that came out in December 78. So all of its money was in 79. So sure, for, sure. for the calendar year of 78, it was Greece number one for five weeks from June, uh, June through July. Uh, when it came out also the, it's like kind of like what we were saying with like the buildup of a, like a Will Smith or Will Ferrell or Mike Myers, uh, the actor, not the murderer, um, how <laughs> yeah. 
John Travolta was like totally like this is when he gets cemented and is like, oh fuck, this guy's a star. Yeah. Because Saturday Night Fever came out in early '78 or no, it was '77, but mostly made its money and, and connected with the audience like winter '78, and then that summer you get Grease. Holy shit! Yeah, the tidal wave. <laughs> yeah, no, it's you're like okay, this 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 guy is now a star. I mean, obviously, Olivia Newton John co-star here. I mean, Stocker Channing. It's a stacked cast. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Libby John had a singing career. She did a couple of movies that didn't really connect like financially or audience wise. Uh, but Grease uh, came came to came to Hollywood, came to America and starred in Grease. They actually tweaked it a lot from the stage play, which I've seen too many times to count now, <laughs> um, where they made it that, you know, her family was vacationing in America. And that's where she met Danny Zuko, John Travolta. And then they decided to stay. So that way she could just use her actual accent, which is adorable. Um, she is, you know, 26 or 27 playing a high schooler. You guys got to get over it. Who cares? doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. The charm is there. The chemistry is there. It doesn't matter at all. It actually, um, became the highest grossing musical of all time. Like it outpaced, um, singing in the rain. Uh, I'm sorry. Singing in the rain, not singing in the rain, sound of music. Um, so it outpaced sound of music. I think if you adjust for inflation, that maybe doesn't, but like whatever. And then Greece, just because I'm also a musical nut. It's got like so many countless iconic songs. Like yeah. it's not just, you know, one or two or like that main one from the title. It's got like the whole record was a hit. So I was like, wait, how big was the record? The record was like the number two, um, uh, number two record for that year after Saturday Night Fever. You're like, holy crap, that is crazy. I think that that may have been soundtrack wise. I don't know if that was just the records in general for the year. I think that was like soundtracks for the year. But either way, sure, you sure. know, John Travolta, not still that he was huge. seen with the BGs, but yeah, it's still still a huge thing. Directorial debut of Randall Kleiser, who would go on to do kind of just specialized in sequels to movies. But, you know, he had um, the cinematographer for Jaws. Bill Butler was in there, also did the conversation, went through the cuckoo's nest. So, like, you have a solid cinematographer. You've got um, – t- I'm totally drawing a blank on the, uh, the the music guys now that did it. But anyway, like, it, it has all this star power going for it and um, Libby Newton-John insisted on doing a screen test with John Travolta because she's like, I don't know if I can play – a high schooler, like I'm in my twenties now. And like, as soon as they started uh, doing the screen test together, like everybody was just like, this clicks, you're high. Like, you know, we're doing this thing. Um, so like I said, it was adapted um, from Broadway. So they added in some new music and like they dropped some stuff, which is, it, it's interesting. The power of the movie then, um, like I think summer nights, I don't want to misquote it, but like some of the songs that are in the musical, the movie musical that weren't in the stage musical are now in the stage musical because like, it's got that much sure. power to the movie. The, yeah. Um, so in a way I kind of think uh, it's got great choreography, great song, great singing. Um, there's only one song I kind of tend to skip, which is beauty school dropout, but like all the other <laughs> ones are just fucking hits, but also like, you know, that's if I'm watching it like three times in the same calendar year, I'll skip that song. Yeah. Um, it's just like such a great, like feel good movie too. You just, you end with like this, bonkers they're kind of flying out into space <laughs> kind of thing. it's so just like full of joy and um and uh great music and great choreography i feel like that's the spectacle for me at that point like just the the song and dance spectacle to it like the hand jive sequence and everything just uh i don't know it just makes me smile i just you want to hang out with the characters there's barely a plot to speak of other than like will they get not even will they when will they get together right um, right kind of thing it's great a little bit of backstabbing actually there is like a side plot that I always forget about of like a pregnancy and maybe an abortion coming. Oh, right. Maybe right. Stop for Channing. But yeah. uh, I was like, it's kind of brushed. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
But yeah, no, that one, um, as soon as I saw that, uh, yeah, Konecki, I'm trying to think of Soccer Channing and Jeff Conway. Yes. And yeah, as soon as I saw that, I was like, okay, okay, please let that be, actually be a box office hit. And when I was looking up, I was like, oh my God, this was a crazy summer blockbuster. Um, and we don't have many musicals these days. Like, you know, oh, you're right. I mean, if you want to go to Bollywood, they're making great musicals. I don't know why, like Fast and the Furious is perfect. You've got even like Tyrese in there. Vin Diesel <laughs> clearly wants to dance and sing. Let the man go nuts in a Fast and Furious movie, but they won't do it. If, if, if Fast X comes out and they, and it's, it's no musical, it's a music. It, well, if it's a revealed, it's a musical. I will, I will actually be happy about that too. <laughs> well, because it's it's my contention that if you can choreograph a great action sequence, you can choreograph a great dance sequence. Just just do it. Yeah. Well, actually, there was even just recent news that uh, I guess, or there may be a rumor at this point that the Joker sequel is going to have Lady Gaga yeah, in it and yeah, be a musical. musical. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm not hopeful for that one, but <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yeah, no, Grease. Uh, I was like, damn, yeah, all right, yeah, summer blockbuster like we don't get anymore. Well, you know it. Um, when Greece uh, had its 20th anniversary in 98, I, mm-hmm. I remember it had like a, a huge revival. Like, uh, like I, I grew up in a house. Uh, I had three, I have three sisters. Yeah. Uh, and like, that was when that they did the re-release, that was like all the rage. And like, it also uh, brought my sister's attention to Greece two, you know, Oof, which yeah. you know, that, that, that's <laughs> another one. We, that, that, that could maybe have been a, an honorable mention because that was kind of a notorious flop. But oh, yeah. I know that, that one's celebrating its 40th anniversary. So I've seen quite a few podcasts and like retrospectives about Greece 2 lately. It's uh, kind, of kind of a so fun. bad it's good, but I think it also helps that Michelle Pfeiffer's in there. So it's like you have some future star power that kind of feeds oh, into absolutely. the. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like when I was looking it up to the Greece re-release you were just mentioning about like Greece one where the re-release came in at like number two like all those years later at the box office and it was only because something else was out I want to say another well let's just say it was another Spielberg movie but like it was really close to like it almost got a number one spot on a re-release yeah, yeah on an anniversary re-release so yeah I, yeah I just remember yeah it was it was pretty big around that time yeah well Mike uh, up next is your pick uh what do we got for a watch challenge in front of us for next time I was thinking because uh it, it even though it's gonna be at the tail end it um June is Pride month so we will go with new queer cinema that is a good one yeah let's covering the gamut here on the show from summer blockbusters to new queer cinema in uh the blink of an eye part of that kind of early 90s um independent boom you you're coming off mm-hmm. of like oh Sundance canal launch movies um there's a there's a whole uh, really interesting, really diverse uh, group of films that are part of that like '90s new queer cinema. So, yeah, and, and so many filmmakers who who really basically introduce themselves to the to the like the film scene by uh, yeah. releasing these movies during that time. Back when the festival circuit was like a breeding ground for like small budget to micro yes. budget indie films that uh, if you could just get to the festival and be a hit, you might be able to get out on VHS and uh, <laughs> get some eyeballs. But uh, Excellent. Looking forward to um, diving back into the 90s. Uh, We'll talk soon, Mike. Have a good one.